Pad Leakers. Um, this is Luke. I am here with Jai Howitt. Um, and he is, are you fresh from Australia right now? You're in Australia? Yeah, yeah. Perth, West Australia. Awesome. I know you have a lot of fans um, in our AdLeaks group and obviously a lot of fans who just follow you regardless. Um, and so I just wanted to kind of, kind of get to know you a little bit better. Um, have our audience know kind of what you do, who you are, where you came from. Um, and I guess just how you can kind of help um, anyone out there who's looking to grow from the start, um, intermediate, and then some advanced people out there. Um, I know you've um, been able to build a pretty awesome content business um, over there. Um, I was really impressed with what I saw. Um, and honestly, I'm impressed right now with the camera you have and, and the mic. Oh, man. I was, uh, I was, I think I was saying to you before, I was waiting for some new gear to come in and it literally arrived like yesterday. So it was just perfect timing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's a never ending thing for creatives is, uh, yeah. it's kind of a, can be a black hole is, is getting the right gear. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so kind of, um, bird's eye view, kind of tell us, I guess who you are and give a little intro, um, to the group so we can, uh, we can get to know you better. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate uh, being on here and, and hey to, to add leaks. I've been in this group probably about a year and a half now. So soak you up as much as I can. So it's a pleasure to, to jump in and hopefully share some, some stuff as well. Um, so I've sort of done a few things since my teens, but um, when I was about probably 16, 17, I got into the Instagram game and I used to go Instagram accounts uh, for a bit for myself, just for fun. And that turned into doing it for other people. And uh, I guess, being in that space, it just led really naturally into the digital marketing, into the creative. Uh, so I sort of had a camera after high school and I was just taking photos, making YouTube videos and eventually went into sort of really freelancing with that. And you sort of got to a point, I had some pretty cool experiences. I, I lived in Bali for a couple of, uh, probably five or six months in total, working with digital marketers over there, sort of like a Gary V, D-Rock style, uh, running done filming for them and then just I just got to a point where I was like I wanted to build something bigger more than just me traveling and, and break even and being a broke creative as, as most are and and so I was like I want to start an agency of some sort um, and I did it probably for all the wrong reasons at, at the start and I was like I want to run Facebook ads and you know I want to outsource the work and I can just sit here and you know and, and just travel and, and make all the money and didn't quite work like that. I, uh, I did learn a hell of a lot about ads and, and how to run those, but I, I also had a lot of rejections. I've probably had 40, 50 sales calls over the course of a year and didn't close one of them, uh, which is a bit of a, a bit of a hit to the, uh, the old ego, but sort of, I guess I just knew, like, I just knew there was something there. I knew there was a lot of potential. And so I just kept at it. And, and eventually what happened is I had a little bit of success there, but I sort of took a step back and I was like, what do I really love doing? And, and that whole time I was still freelancing. I was, you know, creating videos on the side to, to fuel um, my living costs. And, and so I took a step back and, and I was like, hold on, I need to, I need to combine these two. So uh, essentially went all in on the creative for e-commerce brands, direct to consumer e-commerce brands. And that happened, I want to say towards the end of 2019. Um, and then officially sort of the start of 2020. So not all that long ago, really. 
Uh, so it was just me. I've got some. I've got some classic photos of me sitting in the living room uh, with hundred hard drives next to me and just running away. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, since then it's it's sort of grown to. We've got a team of thirteen now and a studio, and we're all in house as well, based out here in in Perth, and working with some really ambitious brands. So. Um, you know, having a lot of fun in the process as well and, and really getting a lot out of helping these brands grow through their creative side, especially ones who are spending a lot on, on Facebook ads and Instagram as well. Got it. Um, in mind, I ask, how do you um, allocate the work? Like what, what are your employees doing? Are you doing, what percentage of it is um, actually producing? What percentage is um, ad spend and all that? Yeah, so we don't, we don't run the, the ads at all. We just do the creative assets. And we, it's, it's, I mean, the editing side of things probably takes the most time as, as most things, but um, for a brand, like an individual brand, usually we'd sort of split it up over four weeks in the month. And the first week would be sort of planning. Uh, second week would be shooting ideally, third week editing, and then fourth week revising and mapping a plan for the next month. So quite a lot of strategy actually goes in, uh, particularly these days with the whole iOS stuff that's, that's happening. So yeah. Um, it's a fairly even split, but in terms of the team, we've got um, seven or eight on the creative side and then a couple of account managers and then assistant and like sales guy as well. So, Awesome. What was the, uh, the first person that you hired? What was, his, what was their position? Yeah, so uh, he, he was sort of, I put a, an Instagram story up and I was like, I need someone to help, you know, with workload in it. And I really, I got a big kick out of, helping another creative because I, I look back at me at 17 just looking for an opportunity and that was kind of what I was trying to create for someone and uh, his name is Danny hopefully he's uh he's tuning in here and having a listen and he came on board and literally worked in my dining room table for the first few days until uh we rented the apartment downstairs to to sort of have a makeshift studio and he was on the creative side so he was fairly new to the video side and I just taught him the ropes and um we went from there at the time we had probably two two clients on the, on the creative side. Got it. Um, just a couple more questions about your agency specifically, yeah. and then we'll get into some other stuff specifically on, I, I really want to know how you guys are doing with iOS 14. Um, but before that, um, I guess, you know, um, there's a lot of creatives in the group and they all want to know a certain amount of things. And I know you, you did it pretty fast, man. You, you kind of, you reached 13 employees pretty quickly. Um, and it's something that a lot of people in the group can envy for sure. Um, I guess, what was the key, like the, the balance, um, what was the key to mm. scaling um, that quickly, I guess? Mm. It's, it's a really good question because, you know, I, I think having the mindset of uh, being really willing to, to learn quickly and fail fast and, and then be able to learn and, and develop from that because for me, a, a big part of, the reason I'm, I'm pushing this is because I just want to level up as a person, as a leader and uh, in my capacity, because I know that just opens so many doors as well. And it creates opportunities for people and for me. So um, being really, really in line with that and why you're doing what you're doing, I think helps a lot, but um, mm. it's a total whirlwind, man. I feel like I reinvent myself every, every month or every three months. And um, you know, sometimes you got to build the plane as you're flying. And I feel like we've definitely been doing that a little bit. So uh, no real key to success, but obviously mm -hmm. having your pipeline full of leads, that, that's a huge part of it. And yeah. um, I do feel we're fortunate in the space we're in because creative is something that you can 
quite easily get your foot in the door with. Whereas if you're running media, you got to, you know, you're battling against hundreds of other people saying, I can run ads better than anyone else. And then it's that real power play. But with content, you just put a video in front of them and say, hey, this is what we do. Mm -hmm. And then people can very quickly make a decision where they're going to speak further. So um, that's been a really powerful part, just naturally being in the creative scene. So if anyone doesn't know what spec work is, um, spec work is pretty much reaching out to companies and creating something for them. Um, I just ran into someone, I was in Florida um, with everyone and we ran into someone making spec work for Chanel and we were like, dang, <laughs> they're like out there just filming, grinding. Um, have you ever, have you done any spec work like that? Have you ever sent anything to brands and see what they would say back? Yeah, for sure. I, I think uh, naturally because I was sort of freelancing the space before I had a bit of a portfolio built up, but yeah, when you start, it, it's, it's, you really need to, um, to do some stuff for free and, and then I guess what happened was when transitioned from like trying to run ads for people to actually just doing creative, I didn't technically have many content examples that were like for products and I just winged it and, and I just was confident and uh, pitched this, this brand on like 8,000 Aussie a month for a crazy number of videos, uh, 20 videos, something like that a month. And, uh, and, they, they, there was a bit of back and forth and eventually they just jumped at it. And, you know, I, I don't know what it was that I'd portrayed. Maybe it was just because I was authentic, but that was really the, the belief there. That's as soon as that happened, I was like, we, you know, there's something here. And so, I mean, there was a lot that led up to that point, obviously, but that was, uh, yeah, very grateful for that relationship. We still work with them today. So. Oh, awesome. 100%. That's also something that um, as a creative you deal with too, is, is getting that one client to help you, uh, kind of reach that plateau and then just keep going past that. Um, I have a couple friends who kind of dealt with the same thing and they yeah. work their, work their, work their ass off to get that one client. And then once they have them, then they can like, it's just that hard balance of, of scaling, you know? Mm. Um, mm. We have, uh, we, we spoke with a guy named um, Jason Schwank. Um, Swank, yeah. sorry. Oh, I think um, I saw... I yeah, see the, see the yeah. interview. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's great at scaling. He has a lot of really good tips, um, and that's pretty much what he was saying was um, it's all about scaling. But uh, yeah, okay, cool. Um, and so, is there a specific niche that you work towards for creatives? We're not specific in the sense of like women's fashion or so and so, so and so. Just direct to consumer e-commerce brands. Um, some of our brands do sort of have a retail presence as well, but for the most part, they're, they're pretty much solely online. And a lot of them have using Facebook and Instagram ads as their sort of primary customer acquisition, but definitely there's room for, for TikTok and Snapchat and that sort of thing as well. But the bread and butter is Facebook and Instagram sort of ad creatives. Got it. Cool. Um, awesome. Um, okay. So, so kind of tell me about how your company took on, the whole new iOS um, change and kind of what's going on with that. Yeah, in, in all honesty, it was kind of a really natural progression because um, because we are just on the creative assets. I guess what happened was just more more focused on strategy and, and, and how we're placing the content, how we're portraying it, um, particularly on top of funnel because what's more important now is really driving that purchase as really as, as soon as possible in that first click, you know, if possible. So um, in terms of being profitable on the front end, it's more important to do that now because there's less room to less buffer on the, on the back end. Um, but not a whole lot 
did change in, in all honesty. And, and I've got a, a handful of buddies on the media buying side and, you know, it's just been a total nightmare for them, um, which I can appreciate, but um, really it's for us, it's about looking at, um, you know, rather than looking at rollways directly out of Facebook. Now you're looking at things like cost per click and click through rate. Um, and that can really inform the rest of your decisions. And I know, um, I was listening to a couple of potties that, that you guys have put out previously and a few of the guys were, were saying similar things around um, like for example if you if you're looking at the data and and you have a, a big drop off after the the first couple of seconds on your video it's probably something to do with your hook that you need to improve or a switch out or something like that so we do a lot of work in in finding great hooks and um, you know making sure that attention is there and people are stopping and actually watching what you've got to say um, and then on the back end, you know, if, if click-through rates, you know, not, not there, usually it's a, something to do with your call to action. So it's, it's about looking at the little measurements and, and testing that, but at the same time, we do a lot of volume. So I guess that's helped a lot. You know, we sort of usually sit between six and 10 videos a month for most of our brands um, and, and test hooks as well. So just heaps of volume and that really helps to mitigate that sort of effect that you probably get initially because you can really improve results that way. Mm. And how do you do, so the shoots with your brands, um, do you have just one shoot day a month and you like, you know, switch outfits, switch colors, switch all that stuff and do like a shoot for the whole day or how does that usually work? Obviously different brands want different stuff, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're, we're pretty big on alignment and working with brands that, that fit sort of what we do. So, um, we're able to really reproduce the, the, the same process most of the time. So typically that will be a shoot in the studio you know, with the colored backdrops and the lighting and you can get pretty um, funky there and then a shoot offsite. So whether that's an Airbnb or down at the beach or in the city, uh, we're in a really great location in, in Perth, really fortunate. So we kind of have access to all of that stuff and we'll do a shoot in each and, you know, one or two models in each as well. So we kind of get that diversity uh, and basically the, the six to 10 videos, whatever it may be, is produced from those two shoots, but we go into it with intention and we know we can shoot different angles, different um, styles and stuff as well. So it's kind of a combination of being really effective in terms of how much we can come out with, um, but also, um, you know, not limiting ourselves either. So yeah, we have a, we have a lot of fun with that. And we also do photos at the same time as well. So we're really making the most of those. Got it. Um, you kind of touched a little bit on tracking your content uh, for your, mm. for your brands. Um, and I don't necessarily you know, you said that you don't necessarily, you know, go into media biting or anything like that, but mm. um, do you have any tracking that you do with your videos? Is it internal? Is it, you know, through a platform? It's, it's pretty simple for us. We have access to ad accounts and we check in with brands often um, and particularly whoever's sort of taking care of their media because um, they're going to be in the weeds. They know what's happening more than anyone else. So, obviously in the, in the monthly catch up call and on Slack, we have sort of constant communication. So um, it's probably more a case of communicating really well with them and pulling out those pieces that we need than it is us personally tracking anything. So again, it's a yeah, beautiful time to be in the creative space. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Um, and is there anything um, I know you don't like, not, not everyone likes to give away their secrets. I know Gary V is a big proponent of, giving away as much value as possible. Um, mm. And you don't have to I'm, I'm answer pretty, No, I'm pretty, pretty happy to share. Good, man. Um, so my question is, I guess, if there's any like recent tips that have been happening, especially after the iOS change, 
um, any recent like little little boosts that'll help mm. people out there that mm. they really want to hear. Um, whether it's business owners who have a product, um, to they they can relay it to their agency or for creatives. Yeah, something so that's the, maybe working. Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind is really dialing in the first parts of your videos. And previously, what we'd seen is like people, you know, a lot of people say the first three seconds are so important. And whilst that's really true, I would even encourage you to show product within the first frame, you know, product in use, really satisfying shot, because even more so that that's capturing the attention of, of who you need to reach. So those those hooks and testing that, I, I, there was actually a, an AdWorld talk, I forget the guy's name, but he had a really uh, interesting method around the 15 by one or something where he just tests 15 different uh, hooks uh, pretty much. And and I, I reckon that's a, a great sort of strategy. We don't go mm. that far, but um, so big hook would be the first one. And what we're seeing working is kind of that, it's interesting, it, you might remember um, like a year ago that explainer type video kind of tended to work quite well where it was like a great hook, yeah. introduce your products, you know, problem solution type thing, educate people on your product. Uh, you got reviews and social proof and then a, a good call to action. So we're, we're seeing that style still work in a more condensed format, which is more like 15 to 25 seconds, somewhere in that range. And as long as you can communicate what you need to communicate in that condensed uh, time without sacrificing, you know, the ability to read and understand what's going on and, and have all the right messaging um, that seems to be working well. So, one or two main value props rather than trying to fit in six or seven, you know, if you have that many with your products and keep it really concise, um, you know, in that 25 to, so 15 to 25 range. And obviously using vertical formats more than, more than any others. Got it. Did you see what was, uh, what the, um, the guy from Instagram said the other day, I think it was like yesterday or a few days ago about what, where they're going. Something about video, uh, video only? Is that right? They're, they're, yeah, they're going to try to get rid of their images somehow. No I'm not sure how. Yeah, that's it. It's all, it's, they're going to go towards shopping, try to be more like TikTok, yeah. go towards shopping, yeah. um, e commerce, and stuff like that. I could, I could see them really trying to compete with TikTok and, and maybe some more value for, for people watching who don't realize reels are just getting crazy reach, Instagram reels. And the reason really is because they're losing people to TikTok, right? So they want people to stay on their platform. They're like, hey, we're going to give people a reason to stay. We're going to blow up the videos. And like, I've got a few buddies who, one of them, uh, hey, Jackson, if you're watching this, he basically posted this reel and, and it blew up overnight. He got, now he's got something like 20 million views on it, on a reel. And, wow. you know, he gained 30,000 followers overnight. And it was, that's a very extreme example, but I see a lot of um, my, my partner as well. She mucks around with TikTok and Reels and she's sort of grown 20,000 followers in a, in a few weeks on her Instagram page. So Reels are for a business, I would fully encourage, like, especially if you're starting and you don't necessarily have budget to go in and, and pay for, for more content, create really organic style TikToks and trends and then repost those on Reels or vice versa. Um, a great way to get started. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's coming up. It's it's before that. It's not just getting your phone and, and recording something either. I think it, it's a lot of it has to do with production value. And you see people doing that selfie thing all the time, but like the eye catching thing is production value. I think for the first like three to six seconds, and then if you can come up with strategy to make it consistent, um, I, there's no there's no way you can like not grow from that. Mm. So 
Um, so <clears throat> one of our big uh, media buyers, um, we had an interview with him. His name's Rishi. We had an interview with him like four, six months ago. I think uh, um, I'm going to listen in. Yeah, yeah, Rishi, Rishi, Rishi Shiva. Um, he just, what's up, Rishi? Um, he said, Luke got his summer glow. I don't, <laughs> you know, I live in You look good, live, man. <laughs> thanks, bro. It's, I think it's probably the camera. I bought this camera that has this effect on it that makes you look beautiful. So, <laughs> uh, thank you, that. Rishi. Uh, hey, uh, so he, he asked, how do you balance brands voice versus what works in social media? Oh, this is a good one because this is something that we've had a few um, big learning curves with recently with with a couple of brands that potentially we weren't super clear in expectations from the start and they felt, um, you know, a lot more attention needed to go on their voice and branding elements and things like that. And initially that, you know, we, we had to refine a few things and it was really interesting once we were able to do that, the content performed really well. So it was kind of taking the approach of, of, like high converting principles, you know, the great hook, the, the right USPs and the ad format, and then getting clear on, on what parts of their message and voice and branding they want to be included in that. And obviously using the right fonts and spacing and, and things like that, colors um, and feel and, and tone. Um, so it was kind of a combination of the two of them, but what we found was it, it is a fine line. We're always sort of struggling with that a little bit. It's more about the expectations of the brand and what they want to portray. Um, and in copy as well, it's hard when the brand provides copy because we do a lot of that in-house as well, but they have like a certain way of wanting to say something. And then it's just too lengthy or long. It just doesn't fit in a video. So we need to be able to refine that in a way, you know, ideally, ideally no more than four or five words on screen at one time. Um, and ideally the video with no text, no sound, you could still understand what's going on. So it's, it is a fine line Rishi and it's, it's something where we're always improving on to this day, but um, just taking as many elements as possible, refining that messaging and trying to fit that into, you know, those short videos at the same time. Um, yeah, happy to share a few examples and stuff if, if you like after this as well. Cool, awesome. Yeah, if there's a if there's anything specific you want to share to everyone that we talk about, just send me those. Um, send me it through. Yeah, cool. Email or whatever. Um, thanks, Rishi. Um, so, if you guys have any questions, please just go into the Facebook and uh, and comment. That would be awesome. Um, so, in saying that, um, I have a comment uh, or a question. Who are yeah, some sure. of the so as a as creatives, we're always looking the grass always seems greener on the other side of the fence. <laughs> um, and so I'm constantly, we're constantly learning, constantly looking at new gear. Um, I have so much gear in my cart on Amazon. It's ridiculous. Um, constantly trying to refine our, our skills and everything like that. And there's always people who we look up to. Um, and I have, a, I have several that I look up to, 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 you know, try to emulate. But who are some of the people that you read, listen to podcasts, um, study? Who are some of those people? That's a good question. I, in, in this space, um, there's a couple of guys floating around at leaks. Um, you know, the, the notable guys that, that you would all know, Chandler, um, Nick Shack, like Chase Diamond as well, even though he's not creative. Um, some of those guys are, are doing some cool things and I was definitely been uh, motivated by, by what they're doing over the previous couple of years. Uh, but in a broader sense, uh, a number of 
well, I'm inspired by the team daily, you know, the, the sort of stuff they're putting out and getting creative with that's, that's pretty cool to see. And then like with podcasts and stuff, I listen to a lot of like e-com related. So founder 2x e-commerce, e-com fuel. Um, I've started listening to you guys. I sort of hadn't really paid much attention, but jumped into that. So just learning from people who've, who've either done it before or done similar things. And then on the flip side, there's almost that point where you can just learn from someone in a totally different industry. And, and I really enjoyed um, uh, Matthew McConaughey's book, Green Lights. That was just a, a perspective shift. I don't know if you've you listened to that one, but. No. Um, and uh, what I enjoyed about that was it, it wasn't specific. Usually I'm, I'm like, what can I learn about business? What can I learn about self-development? But this one was like just perspective and life and it was just different and it, I could just sit back and take it in. So that was cool um and and then just audio books yeah sorry go can you can you do an impression of Matthew McConaughey no not at all I'm not even gonna try (laughs) (laughs) I've I've ruined it all right all right all right all right all right yeah 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 (laughs) um so yeah he's a legend dude I I have man crush on him he is man um and then the couple of others like the classic start with why atomic habits that sort of thing you know listening to those again in in audio books as well yeah Actually, uh, one great one for, for people in the agency space is Built to Sell. Um, really practical story on how to um, just build a business that is sellable, has value. Even if you're not going to sell it, it's just a great way to, to set it up. Got it. Built to Sell. Yeah. I, I should be writing these down, shouldn't I? That's right. We can rewatch. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So <clears throat> awesome, man. Appreciate that. Again, if you guys have any questions in the comment section, please, please feel free to comment. Let me know if you want to know anything from Jai. Yeah, I should, um, I should pull up the live, hey? Have a look. So, yeah, there's not not much. Yeah, Mario and Ethan, but... Um, yeah, so, uh, who, so who's your dream client? Someone that you would love, absolutely love to work for? Hmm... Yeah, that there is one that comes to mind. I'm not wearing the shoes now, but I really admire uh, Karyuma and what they've done. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they're basically coming to an industry against Nike, Adidas, you know, all of those big players coming from more of a sustainable as- aspect, I should say. Um, How do you spell so it? So like uh, C-A-R-I-U-M-A. And I've got, I've got four or five pairs of their shoes and, and I, I rarely buy stuff online which is really really funny and probably ironic but i don't often no that's not true i do now but i never used to and these guys something there was something there that just hooked me in i trusted them i love what they were doing there's something about their voice and story and um, i probably wouldn't buy another pair of shoes now um <laughs> but i really my they're three years old three or four years old and they're we've got one of the most impressive pro surf team and, and skate teams you know with their brand Competing against wow. Nike, Adidas, all of that. So, um, really, yeah. I don't know why I've never heard of them. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Until you, until you know them, you know, so that you know yeah. what you're doing. I suppose you're hearing it here first, guy. Buy stock in Karyuma. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, it looks like they're super simplistic. Um, they have something for people who like low tops, high tops. They kind of look mm-hmm. like a little bit like Converse, but they look like ooh, maybe a little athletic. That's awesome. Yeah, so, really cool. so I've got um, the ones I wear. I get the <clears throat> the comment all the time, like, are they Converse? But they're, they're sort of, I guess I've always been a fan of brands that aren't like the typical 
brands. So it's kind of, I get a kick out of, no, these yeah, are conversations. Cause it's not, cause it's not cool anymore. You want to try to be as mm. cool as possible. Don't you Jack? Yeah. Yeah. That's the goal. I want to buy, I'm literally going to buy one. Um, <laughs> Let cool. me know I sent you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you get a little discount. So we got Cameron Potts on the line. Um, he's asking, Again. are you work? Are you, oh, you know, Cameron? Yeah. He's a buddy of mine. Oh, there you go. Uh, are you working on anything other than the agency? Mm, good question. Uh, fitting coming from him. We're, we're actually working on a, on a brand at the moment outside of the agency <laughs> space. It was, it was sort of something that we, um, for, for me and him as well, because I know what he does, obviously, sort of wanted to focus on one thing until it was sort of at a point where there was a team, there was systems, there was things that were, and that was, you know, a big thing at the start, just making sure we had one focus until we got to a point that we could eventually branch out and work on other projects. So it's just sort of starting to get to that point now. So um, we are working on a, on a uh, e-commerce brand. And what's really cool about that is we're going to be able to get such hand, uh, first-hand experience in, in the industry that we're in and be able to test so much more stuff that we probably couldn't test with, with client mm. accounts. So uh, pretty pumped for that. Got it. Cool, man. Um, is it like a... I've got it. I've got as well if, if um, just whenever, but I put a post up before this and um, asked around if people had questions. I got a bunch. Um, yeah, yeah, I saw that. So. I actually saw that. You uh, Did you just create that picture right before you posted it? That picture is amazing. Uh, we took that the other week. Yeah, we had some team photos. I was like, oh, it worked well. That's awesome. <laughs> you have a psych wall at your studio? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Uh, yeah, please go go ahead. Yeah, so I've got, um, I could even link you as well if you want to have a look, but I put it up on LinkedIn. There's a few on there. Um, people, a few people were sort of asking around UGC, like polished videos versus UGC, what's more effective mm-hmm. um, and and what makes a strong UGC. And I, and I know we speak about like production value to some extent and there's definitely a, that's a common question. So I'm happy to dive into that. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, so the polished versus UGC, I guess it really depends on the purpose that you're going for with your content. And there's a place for both, for sure. You can get really far with just UGC and the right media buying, for sure, like a a lot of brands do. I feel like that gets a point where, sorry, I'm just gonna mute and and cough on sec. I feel like there's there's a point where when you're at a considerable amount of scale and a meaningful amount of scale, I should say, and you're wanting to really build that brand feel and, and message. We have a few brands who are sort of get, you know, at that point now and what they found is when they scale the, the more, I say more polished, but you know, well shot with the right messaging, still, you know, conversion focused. It, it seems to hold stronger as you scale. So you could spend more with less fatigue. Um, which is really powerful for, for scale, but also for for creating, you know, a brand that people are like, see an ad and they're like, oh, that's that brand, you know? Um, and that's kind of the point everyone wants to be at, right? Like you don't get that from just running hundreds of UGC. People don't look at that and be like, oh, that's, except maybe Lumen Skin or, or some of those guys because they have a very distinct yeah. style of UGC. But um, there's definitely a place for both. And I think on more of a starting outside, the UGC is probably really, um, really impactful. And then as you build, using UGC, but more so in that retargeting level and to build trust and then being able to scale with the right um, messaging. So 
a combination of both, uh, I would say on that one. Got it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys know who Molly Pittman is. I was just, hmm. we were just, uh, I listened to a conference she had the other day. Um, and she was saying that <clears throat> UGC is, it was really fast um, and grew really quickly and it was just kind of oversaturated a little bit. And now she's starting to see a little bit of a trend away from it. Because um, hmm. you, have, you have those companies called, you know, like Billo or whatever, where you can yeah. just send your product in, they pay you, you know, you pay them. 200 bucks and they send you like a bunch of different people it's, talking about it. Yeah. It's like, it's $60 a video or something crazy. Yeah. Do you consider that cheating? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, knowing what they do sort of like if you're a brand going in, you still need to provide scripts and organize everyone and find the right talent. So it's still quite on you. So it's kind of, you know, a bit different to, to someone who would create UGC, but do it all A to Z. So, um, yes and no. I mean, there's a place for both. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, um, there's a few different models that they do. You can like send it in and, um, they either can review it and say, Hey, I tried this or they can say like, they can do like a package opening or whatever. Um, but yeah. it, was, it was interesting when I saw it really interesting. Um, but yeah, Molly was saying that, um, trends are going away from UGC in a more like selfie style um mm. if obviously if you do one with more higher production it's good too but um interesting yeah. interesting uh, uh little seminar she gave we're, we're seeing a few um in terms of ugc we would still probably consider it ugc um especially if it's a visual product like neon signs we sort of had i had one behind me but it's not on right now um and it was like what crushed it was just sort of showing it in a room and walking towards it slowly and just talking over the top and just you know saying you know this is the only brand i trust and it lasts for fifty thousand hours and check out this quality as you get closer you can really see that so it was kind of the ugc but no face was needed it was just very visual on the product and similar sort of thing if you were unboxing a product or doing a routine i guess uh works well too yeah yeah, it's just, uh, I just, again, that's why you hire creative too, is to mm. think about this kind of stuff and also put their, put their creative spin on it. Um, I think it's always going to shine through is having custom created content. Mm. Um, so Sergey, Sergey, sorry. Uh, oh, by the way, did you guys watch the, uh, did you watch the Euro cup? Uh, I did not. No, no gotta get on that man england what's uh what's happening over there oh i don't know if anyone recorded it i probably shouldn't have said that but uh somebody <laughs> somebody one of the two teams won which is either england or denmark i won't say <laughs> i'm pretty sure the game would would be played at like 2 a.m our time or something yeah that's true it, it was on like what is it it was on like four and a half hours ago so oh yeah, yeah you would have been 3 yeah asleep getting your beauty rest all right, so Ser Sergey asked, uh, and we got uh, we got a little more time here. Um, Sergey asked, "What is your minimal recommendations to start established offline supplement brand to go online? Start online, yeah. Supplements. That's uh, pretty cutthroat. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of uh, probably need a bit of money." Um, what, what we're seeing is a lot of people, particularly if I assume it's a subscription type thing. So you have that lifetime value, um, be prepared to break even on the front end. Uh, if you're profitable, great. Uh, but a lot of people, CPAs are just rising, you know, some 
sub brands, you know, used to pay 20, 30, $40 for a purchase, initial purchase. And now they're okay spending 80, 90, a hundred in some cases, because they know they can make that money on the back end. So have, have really epic email marketing flows, build, build a great sort of organic community as well um, would be my advice. And then because SUPS are so, a lot of people in this space, right? Um, I would really try to think about your messaging and how you can be, <clears throat> be different in that sense. And it sounds like you have an established sort of presence already in retail. So maybe leveraging some of that, um, using stats like, you know, we're in 50,000 homes or, um, you know, whatever that sort of looks like as well. Um, and ultimately results speaks true, you know, more than any, anything else. So if it's you know, hair related subs or health related subs or weight loss, or you need to be careful about how you frame that. You can't say, Hey, this is going to you know, you lose weight in 10 days. Like that sort of bold health claims you can't He do, said but... it's a hair supplement. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, but showing authentic sort of transformations without the before after photo, cause you can't do that either. Um, but just that progression because people see if it's a UGC, for example, and it's just some dude or, or woman just saying, Hey, my hair is so luscious. It's been two weeks. Pe- people don't really believe that until they can see it. So if it's almost a, like I would, I would try to line up some people who, who need your product and say, Hey, can we just film your journey over the next four, eight weeks, whatever the, yeah. like the time is. And it sounds like a bit of time, you know, two months until you get this this right content. But once you have that, it's going to be so much more powerful um, and allowing you because you could see that really natural progression and that's going to show uh, proof more than anything else. Yeah. Um, and then I'll, I'll really iterate on the website a lot as well. We, we sort of work with a brand who are in the skincare space and they have, well, they have like silk pillowcases and stuff and it helps a lot with antibacterial and hair and stuff like that. And they've reiterated their website 40 or 50 times and their conversion rate's just gone from 1%, 2%, 6 7% now, 8%. And that's going to make a huge difference for you as well because the, the more you can increase that, you know, it's not just creative that you need to be thinking about. It's actually the whole ecosystem and, and there's obviously some media buying strategies that come into that. But um, as, a, as a base rule, you need to get people to trust what, you, what you're selling and, and leverage those reviews, leverage that you do see if you can get some. And then just really have a brand presence that displays trust and doesn't look like just another uh, another supplement brand. Cool. Yeah, um, I have something to add to that, but we have I think two more questions, and we'll probably yeah, sure. get to just those two, and then we'll see if we have time after. But um, again, Molly Pittman again was saying she she has a hair supplement band, uh, brand that she's working with for like women with um, silver hair, so older mm-hmm. women. Cool. And she tells us, um, she tells people that you should sell the outcome and not the benefit. Um, she's mm. instead of saying like our, our product is the best product. These are the ingredients. This is what it does to you. You should buy it. Um, it's a UGC of a woman saying, Hey, my husband hasn't looked at me the same in the last 10 years until I started using this brand. And that kind of stuff makes me want to cry because it's like, you're actually telling people stories and that's, and that's why we're in creatives in the beginning is to tell people stories, right? Um, mm. Not necessarily through products, but it's something that I'm definitely passionate about. And so it makes the job a lot better, a lot more fulfilling and a lot easier to be honest um, when you sell mm. the outcome rather than the benefit. And <clears throat> people get caught up in that to benefit and features, you know, saying this it has this ingredient and this in it. Inherently people don't care. I mean, there's an element to that. They want to know it's natural or whatever, but people don't actually care 
what what it is they want it they care about how it's going to actually improve their life or help them so i really yeah. like that example you just gave it's uh it's tony robbins neurolinguistic programming it's programming yeah. <laughs> into your buyer's brains a story and a a picture that it's so like an actual picture themselves using your product it's yeah totally. great, it's a great selling tactic for sure um sergey sergey is so thankful so i just want to sh- show oh, you that love um Okay, so someone's starting a, a fitness clothing brand. Um, do you think his fitness clothes or a fitness clothing brand in 2020 is a hard space as there's so much competition? Uh, yep, short answer. Yep, if it's if it's apparel, it's it's going to be maybe similar to SUPS as well, um, and it would depend on what the product is because if you have some great usps if for example it's those you know booty shaping leggings you know you can probably leverage some more selling points which can help um and what um what sort of products are they just just while we're while we're here because apparel is is typically hard lower lower return but at the same time you know it's if you're in it for the long term it could be something just to build over time and you know, if you're not if you're not in it for the quick cash and, and it's more of a, a passion project, that's always going to be driving you. So, yeah, yeah, James, if you can let us know um, what kind of fitness apparel <coughs> is on there, real quick, if you're still listening, um, that would be great. Um, and while we're waiting for on his thread, um, is there any like uh, not necessarily ones that have been working, but like ideas that you would? Oh, female leggings, yeah. Sorry, female leggings. Right, yeah, so, so um, maybe maybe probably a similar thing to what I said. I would try to go custom with designs, get some real funky stuff that people haven't seen before. That would be your biggest way to leverage and, and sort of stand out. Um, and then think about it <clears throat> because female leggings, yeah, like you say, they're, they're everywhere, right? Really trying to think about your messaging and like how are we actually different? And more than just like we donate 10% of profits to this charity and um, you know, we have all of these sizes. I would, one, I'd probably be pretty inclusive um, in terms of sizing and, and um, different, like the people using shoots and stuff, because that's going to shine through just that authenticity. And then, and then, yeah, just messaging wise, trying to think of a way to be different. I guess to use the example before of Karyuma that we spoke about, you know, they broke into a, a age old industry against Nike and Adidas. If you weren't um, listening there, James, I think Kariuma, C-A-R-I-U-M-A. Um, really love what they're doing in the shoe space and they've really um, broken into an industry within three years and they're competing against the big dogs. So uh, maybe scope them out and see how they've really refined their messaging to, to do so. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, James. Hopefully that helped. Um, we'll go on to the next question, which is from Spencer. And we have about 15 minutes left, so we'll go through these. Um, Spencer Smith, um, he said, what are some creative ways you implement before afters in your content to avoid issues with Facebook? Good question. Do you want to know, like, um, maybe, maybe tell us, like, what space are you specifically looking at, Spencer? But, yeah, I mean, you can answer. Reality is, uh, like, sometimes you, you don't want to, like, risk putting your ad account at risk or, you know, whatever that cases what i would encourage is doing a lot of organic style before afters because you can share that organically and then potentially leveraging elements of that really use utilizing it on your website and what uh what we're seeing is if you can 
maybe go more of a like another example with that um another brand of ours they went more of a hype factor where it was like the founder story these founders created this this product and it, and it you know sold out in in minutes or whatever that sort of hype is it's like a news article it doesn't actually explain the product very well at all and this um was another skincare one it doesn't give much context to the product but what it does do is drive clicks and people go to the website and they're interested right they're, they're just curious on the website you can slam before afters as much as you want right it's your website you could you could frame that however you want reviews everything so they're leveraging it that way with a great conversion rate on the website so you get cheaper clicks and you're still converting them i would probably encourage you to maybe swing that way a little bit you can have elements of it in the ads but um you know if it's if it's very clear before afters i'd try to stay away from that in the oral care niche oral care oh yeah okay um like teeth whitening or something like that i assume um probably less of the split screen before after and more of the um like high smile do a great job i'm sure you're aware of those but I, would, I mean, High Smile wouldn't be running an ad that, that doesn't work or a style that doesn't work. They would have tested so extensively. So I'd be sort of leveraging those sort of structures, what they're doing and, and seeing if you can replicate that. Um, ASMR seems to be working a bit in that space as well. So I'd play around with that. <laughs> like opening the his package and stuff? Yeah, just uh, actually gross like squirting sounds when you're putting gel in your teeth and then the teeth whiten are in. <laughs> yes. And what do you think about uh, people watching these ads who have audio or don't? What, what's your position on mm -hmm. that? I would always, um, like if it's anything with speaking, voiceover, have subtitles uh, because, yeah, 70, 80% of people will be listening with no sound. I always advise to create videos that can be watched and understood with no text and no audio, if possible. So give context in your shots. For example, if it's a product that's waterproof, don't just say it's waterproof, drop it in a bottle of water and say it's waterproof. Because mm -hmm. then if there was no text or no sound, people still understand what it is. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, give context to your shots themselves um, and have subtitles and text on screen for any sort of voiceover as well. I love that. That's a great tip, guys. Um, turn the sound off on all your ads and see if people understand it. Yeah. Um, oh, these are, these are coming in quick, bro. We got, some, we got some people asking some stuff. Um, how do you, this is from Alex Steele, one of our, one of our good members. Hey Alex. Um, how do you analyze the performance of the different sections of your videos in order to know mm. which sections to swap out? Mm. I, I sort of touched on this maybe a little bit earlier, but um, yeah. the, I would be looking at metrics like um, the like three second view, cost per click, click through rate. If it's, if it's the three second view, if people are dropping off after that, 80, 90% of people, something to do with your hook. You need to dial that in. You need to have more context. You need to have more um, colors or contrast or movement to really get people engaged. And if it's the click-through rates that's lagging, like low click-through rates under 1% or, or whatever it is, I know every industry is so different. <clears throat> I'd be looking at a stronger call to action or even having a call to action earlier in the video, sort of, um, what, what we're doing in some cases is say it's a, a certain shop now having that sort of earlier, a little button flicker up and then come back again at the end, at the mm -hmm. end, because, um, you can, you can push people through earlier, especially people who aren't watching the whole video, even though the mm -hmm. videos are quite short. Yeah. Um, so 
I would break it up that way. And the reality is it's most likely your hook in most cases. So um, the other thing that people get caught up in, like I mentioned, is too many features, feature, feature, feature. Think more about the outcome that people want and focus on that and condense your messaging down. No longer trying to have really slow, long form videos for 50 seconds, condense it down, get, get the messaging um, early. Hmm. Cool. Um, let's see. So uh, yeah, that's about it. Um, and this is for, this is for ads. Um, have you done, done any landing page videos? Um, we have, uh, sort of not, not as much obviously as ads. Um, that's more of a, depends on the, the, is it, is this for like a funnel or just website? Maybe yeah, I'm, I'm, think, I'm thinking for like a funnel because Molly Pittman went over a bunch of things for, for that. Um, yeah. I keep mentioning her. But. Yeah, like a VSL? Like is this for... Um, yeah, like, a, fun, like a, a funnel type thing for a product. Yeah, we, we don't do a lot of that. Um, but I'd imagine a lot of the similar principles come into play in terms of like you wouldn't do a, a 15 second video, but um, in terms of the structure of those and how you portray each of those things. So I'll probably, right. probably not the best person to speak on that, but yeah. I'd try to look at some similar principles and, and capture that, you know, keep people well, engaged. I think that a lot of people do um, different lengths of ads as well, even on Facebook, not just necessarily on landing pages and they use yeah. some of them for their landing page. Um, uh, what are kind of your, your favorite length you said was 15 to 25 seconds. Do you do anything longer than that? we do at times when it's a product that needs a bit more explaining, it's too hard to condense down in that time because mm -hmm. we don't want to sacrifice people just watching and it's just being a bunch of words and mess that they just don't understand. So we, we do. Um, and we also have a couple of brands that um, when they came to us, they have previous winning creatives that are like long form sort of one or two minutes, which are sort of that just slow explainer style. The reason they're winning is because they've been running it for two years and the engagement's just stacked up and it still performs, but mm. um, not so much, now and on the flip side shorter videos for sure like yeah shorter videos even even um more of those because um even gifs or boomerangs or um really intentional sort of loops as well they're great because if you're looping a video someone's not going to realize they got to the end of it and they're going to watch again and that's a great metric for telling facebook that this person's really engaged in your ad so mm. th that'll actually be a great way to sort of um improve performance in some ways mm. Yeah, that looping thing is really popular, especially on TikTok. Mm. That, yeah, one, especially that, on TikTok. that one uh, chef dude who actually made it onto like Netflix. Um, he's a TikTok yeah. famous guy and he, and he loops the end of all of his videos. And I literally, I'll just watch it again. <laughs> <I realize. laughs> I'll just watch, I'll watch it like four times because I'm so like, so like just enamored by just his style and, and how creative he is and how he comes up with new things um, in the cooking space. Do you like, just, do you like cooking? I just like oh, I love I love cooking. I got all the Japanese yeah, okay. knives. Yeah. I, uh, okay. I'm all about it. I actually have a couple cooking. <laughs> I started Videos. a cooking cooking show for myself. It's, it's oh, funny. plug I'll, it. <laughs> I'll have to upload it onto the Facebook. Yeah, let's but, go. Um, it's called Luki's Faves. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's funny. I have a watch. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, we have eight minutes left. Um, Nick Giovanni, exactly. And he made it on TV. He's he's amazing and I love his style. I love his videos. He's so engaging and, and entertaining. Um, anyways, uh, 
let's let's talk about gear because i know there's a lot of people out there who have yeah, products yeah. and they don't know exactly what type of gear to buy so we'll start off with like some some beginner level gear that people in here can um look at and you know see if it's too mm. expensive like a little cheaper stuff to get them started with some products um yeah, right yeah. now right now my setup i have a, so a sony a6600 um with a cam link so i linked it up to my laptop i got just like a small aperture makes a great tiny little pocket light um mm. that is perfect and you switch up the kelvin a little bit too um to get the temperatures a little higher and lower um that's where the tan comes from isn't it that's that's exactly what it is i got yeah. a little ye yellow on there um this is the best this is the best tripod i think i've ever had when it comes to travel tripods um let me see if they have the logo on here because i kind of forgot the name um but i will get the name of this tripod and i will link it in because it's like they have a carbon fiber version and an aluminum version um and it's awesome for travel stuff but anyways sorry I geek out on gear. So kind of, I guess, talk about um, what kind of gear that you are into. Are you a Sony guy? Are you a Canon guy? Yeah, Sony guy. Um, Sony? Probably. I just have been from the start. And Oh, no, that's not true. I had a, a Canon 600D when I was like 16. But yeah. after that, Sony, because especially being more video focused. Um, yeah. But I love the setup you have. That's a, that's a really sort of um, straightforward, like a practical setup for, for this sort of stuff too. I just yeah. link thing and I just couldn't connect it. So right now. So I'm, you have to finagle with it. I can, I can help you if you want to talk after this, you literally have to finagle with it. There's no software you have to do. Um, are you on a so Sony, a, are you on a Sony right 7 3. now? Yeah. A7 III. A7 III. Okay. So that was the one I have. So there's, I'll send you a YouTube video. Um, yeah. you have to do a couple of things to make sure the HDMI output is the right setting. Yeah. I do play uh, with um, that, but still like this screen was just black. I don't know if yours is the same. No, that happens to me every time I plug it in for the first time in a while. Uh, you have to keep okay. finagling it, putting it into different USB ports. <laughs> and it works yeah, for right. me because I, I was panicking before I talked to you because mine yeah. wasn't <laughs> in the right port or something like that. Um, but that happens all the time, man. Um, and you just have to keep look. I mean, YouTube University, right? Yeah. Um, well, if, if people are watching, the other fix that I found was using, if you have a Sony, using the Sony Imaging Edge app. Uh, just download the software on your on your computer and then you can just tether with a cord straight to the camera um, and you don't need the cam link at all. But um, either way, I think it works well. No, that's definitely great. That's why Sony is, is so great because they kind of were the first mm. ones to start that imaging edge thing. And you can, like when I show people video or photo when I'm on set, um, they're so impressed and they're so happy. So it's pretty cool. Um, so... Uh, how important is lighting to you for yeah in in all honesty lighting is less important than context and messaging and what you're trying to portray um it's definitely wasn't our first focus when we started in this industry we we're like what do we actually need to show first then we can figure out lighting um so it would just depend like if it's if it's this very product focused in the studio then lighting becomes more important because you need to be able to show it and show it in the right way especially for photos too um, but I mean, I came from the world of run and gun videography outside, you know, adventure stuff. And, and so you just don't have the lighting capacity, you just work with what you've got. So, um, less important in that sense, but obviously it makes a big difference in, you know, in this instance, having the light, like I probably look like a potato if I didn't have the light right now. So there's definitely, definitely places for it. Um, 
but not not the the be all and end all um unless you're asking about like studio lights in that case um yeah there's definitely you know when you buy those kit lights and you just you know cheap acid and 300 bucks yeah i would probably advise going up a level from that just because the longevity of it it's just not worth maybe using those really low end stuff um so that would be yeah my only advice there i think i think the key uh for me when i first started was getting lights that have a bigger diameter because it makes it look so much so much creamier yeah um so it honestly like sometimes i feel like i would just rather buy like a big sheet and just make my own like large diameter scrim gym or something like that and then just put like a you know a 300 spotlight behind mm-hmm. it uh, because i feel like that would have made a lot of my videos in the beginning look a lot better than like the three you know the newer or whatever the the super cheap light that yeah. i bought yeah that's what that's what i started with yeah yeah so that's a that's a huge that's a huge tip um for creators and yep. to make stuff look the reason why like you see all these because a lot of these people are creating their own content they're going to start creating content so i want to yeah. i want to just and i have a um a course that i have on on our adley vault where i go over kind of lighting and how to make it look look better but um that's what i would say is one of my one of the things that made my video stand out more um is that large diameter light that you have i'm not sure what you have right now but i do not have a large diameter light right now it's pretty tiny so um it still looks I'm, pretty good oh well, thank you um must, must just be you though yeah i've got a uh a, won't be able to got cords plugged in so i can't turn my screen around but i've got a godox vl 300w okay static light they're, yeah. they're actually statics that we use in the studio we have a few of them got it um and i just bought it home for this and then just to, yeah, like you say, just big ass softbox is yeah, yeah. the bigger, the better. <laughs> the bigger, the better for, for people's faces and shadows and depends yep. on what you're doing. But yeah, um, really yeah that's one of the, the, uh, the effects. That's one of the biggest tips because a lot of people don't know they buy a light and then it looks like crappy. They have a big shine on their forehead. Um, having a big damper will get rid of all that. And, and so, yeah. Um, cool. It's good to know that you're Sony. Um, one of the, uh, uh, awesome company, we got to go pretty soon, but an awesome company yeah. that I, um, have started buying into is Nanlite. Have you heard of Nanlite? I, I have. Yeah. Yep. So, so, so I started with Aperture and, and I, I know yep. Godox is awesome too, but I started with Aperture, um, for a lot of this content creation stuff. And, um, they have a great, you know, 300 and, and 200 and, um, uh nanlite makes the same stuff with a similar power but it's cheaper um and they also make a I bunch have, of like they've got um i'm pretty sure it's nanlite we're looking again some like rgb leds and stuff like pretty powerful ones and i think it was mm-hmm. nanlite that that do those are you looking at getting uh tube lights or, or like spotlights um they were actually panel lights so so like um led panels yeah oh cool yeah yeah, they make some really good ones like that. Um, my new favorite thing is is tube lights. I know Quasar mm. Technologies made um, the kind of got into the game with tube lights, but um, Nanlite makes an awesome tube light for like 250 bucks, and it's RGB, and you can like magnet it, magnet it to anywhere. Yeah. It, it, it looks we'll really to cool. Grab a link. A couple of our guys they do like music videos and stuff, so they've got the the RGB kind of lights like that. But um, yeah, I'd be keen to, to keen to check that out. Cool. All right. Well, uh, we don't have much time. Um, I guess if there's anything else like you want to add or plug or whatever, Jai, take the floor and then we'll take off. Yeah, man. I mean, the, the, 
last sort of thing I'd love to touch on is just, um, I like to think life advice to live by, but um, it's about just being curious and being observant and everything I've, you know, managed to sort of get through to this point has been as a result of that, just being curious and genuinely just noticing things that other people don't notice. And I, I reckon it holds really true to content as well, because um, the more you pay attention, the more you understand and, and being curious is just the lifeline to, to get in any way, in, in my opinion. So I'd encourage people to, to, yeah, observe more. That's huge guys. Um, curious George. Be yeah. Curious George. I love that. I love that show. <laughs> and get Matthew McConaughey's book. Yeah. Green lights. Yeah, for sure. I, I'd say he's a pretty curious dude. Yeah. 100%. All right, guys. We'll appreciate you tuning in. Um, if you have any questions, we'll still, you know, be going on this thread and everything like that. If you have any questions, please contact us at, at AdLeaks. Um, and where can we find you, Jai? Um, pretty much on, on every social, either Jai.journeys, that's J-A-I.journeys, on like Instagram and TikTok. Uh, don't look at the TikTok, but Instagram. Uh, and then Jai Howitt, which is my last name, H-O-W-I-T-T, on LinkedIn twitter I'd, I'd love people to go follow me on twitter i literally just started on there i've got two followers so it's looking a bit sad at the moment but heck yeah um, get on there <laughs> everyone get yeah on that's there. that's me and then what is your uh what is your agency called uh brand booster with no e booster and uh we're pretty low-key like you probably won't even find it if you google it uh which is which is kind of funny but um, yeah, you can find us on socials on Instagram's probably the main place and then website brand boostercom Awesome. Cool. All right, Jai, we really appreciate it. Um, I yeah, know man. we didn't get it, get in anything personal, but I live in Dana Point, California and I, I actually surfed this morning. We need to, uh, oh, you man. and you and Jack Paxton are both Aussies who surf. So I need to go down there and, and have a couple of sessions with you guys. Yeah, dude. Have you, have you been out? Australia way before or I've never been no never we are I grew up kind of between Perth and and the Cocos Islands which is off the coast of WA I'll send you a okay. few photos after this it's uh, uh I mean surf wise is a bit of fun but just the place in general is pretty uh, pretty incredible yeah yeah absolutely I definitely would need some tips on where to go it's just it's kind of far away from uh America yeah uh, yeah I, I've been I've been trying to get to these like geek out, for example, I've been trying to get over for that, but it's just, just such a mission. <laughs> Especially these days. Yeah. Does your toilet bowl flow uh, counterclockwise? Uh, I don't I think it's clockwise. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll, have, I'll have a look after this. All right. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, hope you have an awesome weekend. Yeah, man, you too. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me and thanks everyone for tuning in. 100%. We'll talk to you.